For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome you to Porch Talk. This is your host, Alan. This is part two with the County Line Podcast. Uh, go check them out at countylinepodcast.com. Find them on Apple and Spotify, Mr. Lee and Ethan. And uh, love the work that they're doing. Uh, go support them, rate and review their show. Rate and review this show if you have it. Without further ado, here is Daniel Sharp. We're starting the, uh, starting the train now. Hey. At Bolivage, as the sun was setting o'er the bright May meadows of Chalmalier, a rebel hat set the head is blazing and brought the neighbors from far and near. Then Father Murphy from Oak Kill spurred up them rocks with a warning cry. Otter modern he called For I've come to leave you For Ireland's freedom will fight or die He led them on Against the coming soldiers Those cowardly omanies Set to flight And in the Harar Those boys from Wexford Showed boogies Regiment how men could fight. Look out for hirelings, King George of England. Search every nation that breeds a slave. For Father Murphy from Old Kilcarney sweeps o'er land like a mighty wave. At Finnegan's Hill, or the peasant slainy, our heroes vainly stood back to back. And the yoke that color took Father Murphy and burned his body upon the rack. So God grant you glory, brave Father Murphy. Throw open heaven for all your men. Oh, the calls that call you may call tomorrow in another fight for the green again. What do you call that one, Daniel? That one's called Bolivage. It's a true story. I like the, uh, I, I like the, the story to it. 
Excuse me. I like the story to it. Can you um, elaborate as to the details on that story? Uh, I can't. I personally can't. Is that public domain as well? As a matter of fact, it is. It was banned on English radio for a Indeed time. Indeed, it was. Uh, you have a very good English um, intertwine in your uh, delivery there. Well, he, does. He, he does. does. He, he does. He, he, he I was sold. He can. He can hit the English man if he needs uh, to. You got a little Boston in you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Well, you did request Uncle Larry. That, my friend, only if you go make it go bang, would be a treat. Oh, this is. Any any song this that, is a true story. any of those are good. Man. Yeah, that's about Uncle Larry. <clears throat> he ain't with us no more, but he's with us all the time. Absolutely. R.I.P. Raw bone country boy with an aptitude for detonator cord. They called him up and sent him off to war. Said you're gonna do fine and pushed him out the door. The plane and his feet hit the ground in the name. Vietnam and it was about the same as they said it would be. On the TV screen, lots of young men running around in green, riding on top of their shooting machines, rolling around and around in the sun and the heat, yeah, doing their best to take care of their feet, the rain and the rice and the Delta Creeks. He didn't feel one way or the other, he was just looking out for his brothers, like they were looking out for their brothers and their mothers and the others in the mountain back there. He said, blow up that bridge. We wired it up, and he made it go bang, bang, bang. Said he made it go bang, bang, bang. Uncle Larry. Uncle Larry. Well, he dug himself a hole or two. There was the best dang holes in the whole platoon. Yeah, he painted a sign, Sugar Shack number two. It reminded him of home when he got blue. His 45 was a relic. It was so far off he couldn't even sell it. So he had his daddy mail him his 38 special. And he fired it over and under. And it sounded a lot like thunder. And laid some under that wouldn't be counted. But they never made it back across the mountain. He didn't feel one way or the other, he was just looking out for his brothers. Like they were looking out for their brothers and their mothers and the others in the mountain back there. They said, blow up that bridge. So we wired it up and he made it go bang, bang, bang. I said he made it go bang, bang, bang. Uncle Larry. Uncle Larry. Well, Captain said lock and load. Uncle Larry said, I keep mine loaded. He said, that's against regulations. I guess she said, fill out the papers and just send me home. Leave me alone. Cause I'd rather be in Mississippi instead of looking around for Vietnam. And looking around for my brothers that are gone. So I guess I just keep my gun ready. Cause it's the only thing that keeps my hand steady when I'm humping out there in the humid air. Thinking about Mississippi And he didn't feel one way or the other He was just looking out for his brothers Like they were looking out for their brothers And the mothers and the others in the mountain back there He said, blow up that bridge So we wired it up And he made it go bang, bang, bang I say he made it go bang, bang, bang Uncle Larry 
stick just beneath the water If you're jumping there, you're gonna holler May your feet turn purple And you won't do much walking I heard they shot a tiger Cause he was trying to make his way through the wire yeah, Must have been running from something Out there where the jungle was a moving And a bang, bang, bang And a bang, bang, bang And a bang, bang, bang Bang, bang, bang Uncle Larry Uncle Larry Oh, Uncle Larry Larry is she? I call him Uncle Larry. I call him Uncle Larry. Hey. He made it go bang, 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 bang. Yeah. Roll, 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 roll. I'd be like first to thank you for that. You've been, that was, you've been calling for it. That was very dear to my heart, and I've been waiting <laughs> on that a long time. For a long time. Yeah. I had just I as much that. fun watching him react as I did watching you play. Oh, you tell I was feeling it. I appreciate <laughs> it. They, they, they mean the heart right there, audience. Just want to let you guys like know. That That's about Uncle Larry. Yes, that one goes way back deep. How was that story conveyed to you? Uncle Larry told me. Like over the years, yeah, I, I grew up. You know, he was around a lot at my farm. He and my dad are both being in Vietnam at the same time. <clears throat> and uh, he, my dad, married my mother. My mother's aunt, who was actually closer to her age, you know, um, married Uncle Larry. So dad and Uncle Larry were cousin uncle in laws, whatever you want to call it. You know, them them two. You know, we're family, and, you know, I was family. Uncle Larry took me to the Sewanee River one time when I was about 10, maybe, and we pulled this little uh, RV up to this river, you know, this this creek off of it, and we had this bunch of chicken nuggets left over that my mother had made, and because I stowed away in the RV from Goose Creek, South Carolina, and to, to escape there and come back home to Mississippi for, <clears throat> from where I was living with my parents in the summertime. And Uncle Larry and Aunt Ladero come through in the RV and I stowed away. And uh but Uncle Larry when well, you know they found out and it was everything it was fine. But uh we threw these chicken nuggets towards the alligators and the alligators <clears throat> Uncle Larry had a keen a great sense of humor. All surrounded the little RV like big ones everywhere. We're throwing these chicken nuggets out of home to ball, you know. And he's like, watch this, you know. So he goes, wakes up. Well, Daryl up in the back. He's like, come here, check this out. She walks out, flings the door open, and we're surrounded by giant alligators, and she had never been so mad in her life at us for, for surrounding that thing with alligators, you know. And eventually they went away, you know. They eventually they went back and did after we had a chicken nuggets, they were done. So did funny. you did you uh did you pick up on the the story that you tell in that song? And he would tell, see, he would tell me as a kid stories that probably no kid ought to be never be here. You know, I don't know who didn't cut that on silent, but it wasn't. It's all good. But yeah, he, uh, so he told me a whole lot of those stories when I was a kid, kid, especially, you know, about his, his personal experience in the jungle. And, uh, wow. 
the whole, the story about the punji sticks in there. That's that's true. There's that's a true story. It's punji sticks just beneath the water, you know. And a guy jumped in there one day and his foot never did heal. One of the interesting phrases that you have in there is about him not caring one way or the other. And I interpret that as in he didn't necessarily care for the war or against the war, but yeah. he was he was there and he, he had to he do was drafted. He did his duty without question. And uh it didn't matter to him one way or the other. They gave him a job to do. He did his job and he was what with the but as you may hear from people some people, you know, in that era, my dad and but what the people are really fighting for out there or they, a lot of those guys in many wars is you're fighting for the person, not only over the big idea, but the person right beside you. Correct. Your brothers. That's Correct. what you're all depending on each other. And, and that's the first thing that keeps you. And so he told me about that. Like, Oh, we just, we were all friends and we, you know, me and my crew there and, you know, we were fighting for each other. You know, we we're just trying to fight to get out of there. We just trying to get our tour up and, and go. You know, I've you obviously know. never been to war. Um, and I hope I don't ever have to go, but, there, if if you go to war, it seems to me like that scenario of you there fighting, you're fighting for your life. So you're living so in the moment and in the present that it's hard to worry about anything else because you're worried. All you're worried about is your survival and the person next to you. And what's crazy and, and is that that's happening the on the other side of the fence, yeah. too. He, I'm glad yeah, he didn't exactly. feel like any, anything was consequential, like it he didn't care to be involved in their business, but he was called and he went and he did all his service. Right, he right. Without question, he did it well. But he personally, he, I don't. He's like, I don't care. I don't care what what they're doing over there. I have things to do at home myself here. Yeah. But yes, they did. He went and he had it over and under. You know everything. He felt like he had a business mindset where he was like, "Look, I'm gonna get this done. I'm gonna go back home. I'm gonna take care of my family. And it is what it is." He but, was controlling the controllables and not letting the external factors that he couldn't well, control impact him. Yes. And I, we appreciate that. Absolutely. Yep. And I we think sure that's do. probably how the majority of soldiers are. But I bet it is a crazy bond that's shared. Oh, my goodness. Think about football. Brother. Like if, think about football. The bonds that are built just through football. Ain't nobody's life on the line out there. But there are some serious, serious bonds yes. that are built through football. And so I would imagine maximize or uh, increase that tenfold, and that's probably maybe even more. That's probably that's, what you get uh, in war. I asked you something uh, about that. Close. Like, man, the guy I graduated with, one of my best friends, he was uh, head quarterback from the day he had ninth grade, right? Mm-hmm. And it was great talking to him about that, but I knew, like, to step into that position in the ninth grade, that meant a lot. And to be able to have the seniors and your upperclassmen to respect you. Like, man, what was it like just starting here at Philadelphia? I Did you have to win that position? Or? Absolutely. Absolutely had to win it. Uh, went in. And then gaining the respect of your peers? Yeah, I think I think the actions speak for themselves. Uh, as, a, as a ninth grader, uh, I like to feel that I thought, all right, I'm I'm younger. They've got seniority on me. It doesn't matter what I say. I got to go show them that I can lead them and that I can win. I got to do my thing. Hush my mouth. Right. And yep. so as that as that happened, that's going to work, man. After after the after the season, once we got to the playoffs, they were they trusted me and I trusted them, and so I could become more vocal. As the season went on, 
I would become more vocal because they would be they would become more comfortable with me as a leader. And then that just grew throughout the the tenure at Philadelphia. And then that experience being exposed to that scenario, I don't think I'm unique. I just had uh, those circumstances and having those experiences and circumstances and learning how to lead people at such a young age has contributed to me being much more comfortable as a leader, as an adult, because I've, I've had that training, so to speak. I've had that experience and very beneficial, very much so. Uh, what about, what about, what about your ego side when he's walking the halls? Did they ever mess with you? Well, at that age, yes. I feel like everybody's ego, uh, everybody's learning how to manage their ego at that age. And I'm not going to say it impacted me so much to as I became like arrogant. Uh, I tried to stay as humble as possible. I feel like my parents did a good job of checking me and not letting the name in the newspaper or uh, a little publicity go to my head, they they grounded me and still do to this day. So I had help in controlling the ego and learning how to manage it and manage it in a responsible manner. Mm-hmm. And n- now as an adult, I look back on how they treated that situation and am 25 times more grateful now than I was even then for how they handled the situation. Because without them that grounding may not have been there and the ego could have gotten the best of me and I could have, you know, got arrogant and, and developed psychological and behavioral habits that are just not conducive to being good to uh, good attributes and dealing with people. Hey, shout yeah. out Susu. Shout out uh, Steve Irwin. Shout y'all, out. Y'all did did the job. Down there. They down there in the U. You in already U? know what the fuck it is. Hey. <laughs> What you talking about? Ah, uh, shit. Don't do it. Yeah, don't do it to him now. <laughs> no, 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 don't do it to him, <laughs> Did you understand anything we just said? Just touch. A little bit of it. What do you think it meant? What, what, what were we just communicating about? I, I'm curious. This, this. Hold it down. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, basically just You're, like... Scoot up to the mic. Oh, excuse me. You're getting too I'm, comfortable around here. I, I guess, I'll be getting laid back. My back is hurting. My back's been hurting like hell the past couple of days. Carrying all the weight. I thought you got that thing fixed. I did get it fixed, but you gotta, you gotta, you gotta get rid of that cartilage. It take a little time to fix it. He fixed the problem, but there's nerve damage there. There's 15 years worth of nerve damage, and so 15 years worth of nerve damage takes a little while to heal. He fixed the structural issue, but the nerves are still trying to heal. And so whenever I aggravate it in my, my ass cheeks or uh, my hamstrings and that shit gets tight, them nerves, for whatever reason, start cutting up. You better get them active. So when I, I have been. I, I have been. I, that's what I did this week. That's what I'm saying. That's why my back's been hurting. What? You got that back blown out. Uh, <laughs> no, no, don't do it to him. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I cannot wait. So I have, I do have a question for you, Mr. Dan Sharp. So what um, as as the um as I, I actually I call you in my mind you're actually if I had to put um put a label on your uncle Larry's nephew. All right. I'll take that for sure. Yeah. Some fanboying going on I over mean, here. And sometimes it could be shortened to just nephew. Yes, nephew, nephew. 
On quick occasions. What up, nephew? Nephew. That was like a handoff it. to me. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Say something. We were addressing you, nephew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. No, I, my question to you, I was going to ask you, what? So, as the leader of the guild, what do? So, say I don't play an instrument. How can I? How? What else do I have to do to prove my um, vocal capability or worthiness to the guild? Dude, I mean, can, do mean, I have to bend the knee? You like, mean to do the show or what? To bend? Yes, to get my slot. Hey. Oh, that's I know it's simple. Let, let's sing right I promise you. I mean, I just, it's tree ass, though. Describe to us, or uh, ideally, we would see you do whatever it is you're going to do at the fair somewhere else. So we, but know. nobody's ever seen it. And when you see it, it's oh, going to be like, okay. it's well, gonna well, be like, man, wrong it's wrong gonna that. Be like oh my god, hey, he's playing like the night you felt that he's playing your game, Daniel. He is, and well, there's just you know, we are we try to put it's a family event. You know, the fair is, and we <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. We will give PG thirteen for sure. Way. I, I, no. I can't speak for the rest of the the people that do the booking, but I like to know that the performers are going to do their very best to keep it uh, keep it family oriented. Yes, <laughs> yes, one hundred percent. Who knows? So I'm 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 sure it'll be great. <laughs> you know, and I'll, I'll bet there'll be a lot of people that see it. <laughs> yes, good clean living. Yeah, can I please record it? <laughs> Absolutely. Like if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna do it, like yes, record what? it. Like you record it, I try. I try. You, yeah, there's what, plenty of videos of whether, all the years was great, played, like shared. Terrible. You know, I, I still can go find them on YouTube. It's it's you know just like there are other people playing at that event. You know, but so yeah, you could video it or whatever. You or I could just play a little phone booby trap somewhere and record myself. So uh, what else we got on tap? What else we got well, uh, on on the laundry list? Dude, well, we're talking. I, I about, tried this great restaurant today. Absolutely, there we go. Uh, fair and you, food, and you we all know that food fair, is a big fair, part fair, of the fair. And uh, there's all every cabin has particular things they're going to have. You know that all that's what they part of the thing. They'll get this item. Somebody makes this, or they get this from somewhere. And uh, with uh, this restaurant, it's I, it's not exactly you new. Know, they've been here a few years, but. It's still new to a lot of people because they haven't tried it, but it's Simadown. Oh yeah, and uh, Simadown is a one restaurant that that I, oxtail, I that oxtail is fat quite quite a bit. And uh, they last year at the fair they offered some trays, you know, just like many businesses do, and there are some good ones. Simadown offered a trays of jerk chicken pasta, which is phenomenal, and uh, so we got and by we uh, someone that stays at our cabin that you know. Uh, got us uh, a tray of jerk chicken pasta. And the thing was, so everybody ate some like a, a plate of it to begin with as a meal. And there's tons left over. So we put it back in the fridge. And then you're always coming in with all of the fair food that you get, or either you're cooking food. And like, all inevitably, this jerk chicken pasta comes out and there's like a big, huge spoonful that goes as a little side with like every meal. And then we found ourselves at one point, it was 2 a.m. in the morning and we're eating German chocolate cake. You know, it's, you know how the fair rolls, you know, you will eat German chocolate cake at two o'clock in the morning. It's, it's your cabin and, and many other things. There's, there's, oh, it's, it's a no go. You know, it, it's like a, there are no rules about all this fair food and you're going to just catch a couple of pounds there. Cause it's good. eating. You know, it's like family reunion, you know? Right. So, but, and I look and there's jerk chicken pasta accompanying the German chocolate cake at two, eight, two o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, this is a perfect fair dish. This, this, and so uh, this year, Simadown is offering more trays of many things. I happen to have their advanced list 
of what you can get to take to the fair. And I'm going to tell you what that is. And uh, but before we go there, you ate at Simmerdown, Alan, for the very first time. Oh, this, some, right before real. this show, I took you by there and, and didn't say a word. Very little buildup, knowing you know that he's been to Jamaica and had, had cuisine. I've had jerk chicken on the mountain. Homeboy, homeboy up in there is Jamaican. There ain't no doubt about that. No doubt. Chef Baker is uh, like a... What's his name? Chef Baker is a top quality chef with extreme passion, extreme quality control. Like portions are huge. And it's like, and it comes out quick, hot, and fresh. And so what did you think about your meal? I had the sampler. So I had the curry chicken, chicken jerk, jerk chicken, Mm -hmm. whichever. Uh, I had turkey necks. Target next and the, the beef, beef tips. tips. Uh huh. Dude. And some then carrots, a couple of sides too. Rice, I got rice, rice and beans, peas, cabbage. And cabbage. All of it. So nothing, nothing, everything was great. First time I ever had turkey neck. This will, this will, I, I had an elementary school teacher name that had turkey neck. I swear, Miss Johnson. <laughs> turkey neck. They'll go back and edit that out, I'm sure. Oh, oh, oh we're gonna let the hood out go. You bet that. She doesn't send me that. Hey, she doesn't send me to the principal <laughs> office too many times. One more time ain't gonna hurt. Yeah, y'all had just bless me on that. One more time ain't gonna hurt. Uh it was good though. So simmer down, Tom Tom. Fourth or fifth, maybe sixth episode of the county line. Went to Tom's house. Tom was like, you tried the new restaurant? This was right up in the middle of the pandemic in 2020. And, uh, no, I ain't, I ain't been. He was like, let's, let's go to uh, Simmer Down and get, get something to eat. So me and Tom rode over there, got oxtails to go, and went back to his house, ate, did the podcast, hung out, whatever. And so uh, that's when I was introduced to them. And then I've been going back and getting the oxtails and uh, the what are the beans. They got some special. Rice and peas. Yeah, peas. Uh, put a little hot sauce on there. Homeboy, he ain't greedy either. Where's he gonna bless you? With, he gonna bless oh, you. With yeah. a, he gonna he gonna bless you with yeah. a good amount of food. Oh yeah, it is a plate full. That's yes. a good plate. Is any plate is plenty of it. <laughs> I wonder so, if Chef Baker would like to come on the county line. You never know. I mean, where, you just never know. He's a busy man. He where, works hard. What place located at? Down there by on the backside. Down there, right before you get to CQ, right before you get to Burger King, on the hill, down in the little in the holler, and you know oh, where God. all them tires are, the tire shop. That's right on the right the street from that. Yeah, Hardy Tire. No, no you back go, you back no, east, just yeah. back east. It's where the hot dog place used to be. Oh yes, 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 yes. Long Atomic Dog. Yes. By the old uh, Kenny Hillman. Uh, yes. By the old, old Kenny Hillman Firestone. Me and Finney Mac yes, and Ibrahimovic uh, went into Lump's Atomic Dog one Sunday summer afternoon and uh, got a beer and a footlong. And they had this Chicago Bears football jersey. I can't remember which player it was on the wall. And, uh, We'd been drinking a little bit, cutting up that evening, and went in there a little loose and started talking to the lady behind the desk, behind the counter, and I asked her about the jersey, and uh, she was like, I don't know who it is. I was like, that's mine. I play, I play for the Chicago Bears right now. And she had no idea that I – like, by the time we left there, she thought I played for the Chicago Bears, and that was my <laughs> jersey in that glass on the wall. And uh, 
I don't remember their food, but I do know that's the coldest Budweiser I've had within the city limits of Philadelphia, Mississippi in my entire life. Oh, uh, I that thing was nice. It was worth it. I'd have paid $5 for that Budweiser. Yes. Sometimes I just hit a little bit. Five old bucks. Five old bucks. (laughs) Five American U.S. currency. Was it a 32 like my bush? It was a (laughs) standard white male uh, beer bottle Budweiser. The OG, triple OG. Is that so? Is that considered gold top or silver top? Is that is that bush light or bush uh, heavy? That's this bush heavy. Gotcha. So what's on tap for tonight, Daniel? Well, look, uh, he's got the menu. I'm gonna do the menu. Down. That went that went totally nothing like I expected. It to be talking <laughs> about the menu, <laughs> you got a whole bunch of stories, <laughs> real quick. So, uh, for the fair, though, the trades, let me tell you, this, we're public, this is public service. We're, um, this is a public service telling you about these trades. This is how good the food is. All right. Uh, jerk chicken pasta, baked mac and cheese trays, rice and peas, coleslaw, cornbread, jerk chicken, 20-pound trays, curry chicken, 20 pounds, stew chicken, 20 pounds in a tray, turkey necks. All those trays will be available for pre-order for the fair, and uh, you can... Go to Simmerdown, call Simmerdown, do whatever you got to do to get your extra tray for your for your fair experience and uh, all your guests. And that huge tray we had lasted for a long time, you know, two days anyway, like several, two or three days. We He blessed y'all. We, uh, yeah, I mean, well, everybody's just, it's just the way the business is. That's how much of a portion. But the, the, a big tray is full. Yes. And, uh, and it's literally got jerk chicken in it. And another thing I'll tell you, you may not know about it, some days you go in there and it pays – I'll go in there and I'll say, what, do you have any unusual food today that is not on anywhere on the menu, won't be mentioned or told me whatsoever, yet I know there's something back in that kitchen that I haven't had that you have cooked for yourself. Chef yes. Butler old now. Yes. And, you know what yes. I mean? I like the And, like and, the and he'll laugh, you know, and say, well, as a matter of fact, I have <laughs> these two or three things that I've cooked here, and... uh and they'll come out on the tray too, and he'll let them, they'll let you sample them up, or you, maybe you'll order, maybe you'll choose one for a side, and it'll be a whole side of it, whatever. Maybe it's sweet potatoes, maybe it's just all sorts of different things that aren't regular menu items, but uh, they just come out with this uh, burger called the Smack and Cheese, and uh, it's got Williamsville bacon, it's got uh, jerk. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. 
Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Burgers, like with jerk spices. And you get fresh jalapenos, tomatoes, lettuce. It's got like special cheese on it. It's huge when you get it all stacked up. And uh, that comes with a side. And I get the slaw. And I go ahead and put the slaw in with all those other things, including the hot peppers that I named. And the thing is, I'm holding my hands up to the radio like you can all see it. But it is, it's, it's like, it's a big hand. It is spicy. It's tall. Yeah, it is spicy, absolutely, but not like, not. But if I wanted to, could they spice me up? uh, Yes, I'm sure. (laughs) Without any problem. But the thing is, I'm glad you mentioned, they have a spice bar. Yes, they do. Like a dozen, 15, 20 different styles of special sauce, hot sauce, a lot of it from Jamaica. Some of it not that, you know. There's hot sauce that's not from Jamaica. This ghost sauce, it's just good sauce. And you go in there and mix all those up any way you want or just get the one you like, curry sauce, scotch bonnet sauce. So if you want some spice, and I do, I'll hit it with a scotch bonnet, maybe the pineapple bonnet. I want to go in there and try his favorite. Like, I want to see what... Well, you know, he has in the back some very unique sauces that he makes, that he cooks with and stuff. And I I had the privilege one day of getting a sample of some of the sauce you know that, that goes in some of the stuff and i just used when i got it i looked i'm like oh wow that was a great gift and i poured the whole thing all over my plate <laughs> like with impunity and uh and it was spicy and it was great but uh yeah so regardless of the trays if you hadn't tried simba down you're gonna want to go order something tom tom loves simba down so how exotic are we talking on like on eating the food or you mean this is? Like, what do you mean? Like, he can prepare anything. I know, like, off of outside of his restaurant at private events, he's prepared many things from deer, you know, wild game. Yeah. He does, at other functions we were discussing, he, he does, like, Jamaican tacos, which are not for sale or never have been at Simmerdown. But I'm, I've asked, I was like, maybe <laughs> this is what you should do. Like, you oh, have, that sounds so amazing. Right. I mean, the way he would treat it. And he describes this, well, yeah, I make these at home and I make these for these events and stuff. And I'm like, well, where they come, come on, you know? <laughs> so he, he's got another trick in his book all the time, you know? And uh, some things will come out like these Callaloo greens, special Jamaican greens. And, you know, I like turnip greens. But um, <clears throat> so he just, you might ask, what's, what's unusual today? What do you have? And they'll be more than happy to give it to you as a side, usually. Chef Baker. If not, he'll, bring, if not, he'll just he, bring you a sample, like plant, plant, plantains. A couple of times you go in there, oh, we got, you know, plantains today. And they're prepared like in a special Jamaican style. And, oh, yeah, you're not going to get better plantains than that anywhere. Like, this guy is seriously passionate, excited, and r- just really talented as a chef. And uh, this food is great. And uh, price is right, and there's a huge portion. The people are really friendly and helpful, and all these things. So you know, it's rare when you find any restaurant like that. And to have one, you know, show up here at home, you know, we're just real fortunate. And I hope it stays forever. You know, I hadn't had the opportunity to eat it, eat it, but I'm looking. Simadana, Simadana, Simadana. What? Like Simadana was Bob Marley's first radio song that, he, that ever got on the radio. Bob I wasn't aware of that. I think that was probably like in the late fifties or something. Have you spoken with Chef Baker about his uh, his choice of the name of the restaurant? Does it is no, it related to that song? I never mentioned it, but I I, I would I expect. That it I want to get Chef Baker on the county line. I, that would be an awesome guess. Very interesting guess. 
I would really like to know, uh, hear a little about his perspective, just coming from Jamaica. And, I would listen to that interview all the time. And then uh, his journey from Jamaica to, to present day probably is pretty damn interesting. Has to be, right? Absolutely. So, but, but but if if it was at the risk of me losing him and being a you know chef whose food that I could go and get, I wouldn't ask. I'd ask no questions. I I don't need to know anything except can you bring this food out here? That's all that. Like I love him as a person, and I would, he's a friend of mine. But if it came down to it, I would choose that food over questioning. And I would never even have to see him. You know, I love that food so much. I would not want to sacrifice it. But he's a great guy, and it'd never be like that. But uh. You know, Chef Baker, he puts the food out, and it is amazing, and it's a real important part of my life. We're gonna we're gonna see if we can't work something out, with Chef Baker. Get him on here to give yeah. us some, give us maybe he'll give us a, a few pointers if we want to prepare food that tastes similar. I would to like his. to ask him questions about because I cook <laughs> a lot, you know, at home, but in, in many ways. But I would like to ask him a whole lot of questions about his process, but I've never asked a, won't ask a single question. I don't want to, uh, you know, put put my food in jeopardy that I get there. You know, sure. Like uh, so, and maybe his process is secret and and patented, and let me, he don't want to share all his cooking secrets. So I ask, I like ask no questions. There's this show except what's the uh, except what's the special sides today? There's this show on Netflix. It's called Chef's Table. Have y'all seen it? Mm-hmm. Have not. They've got some cool ass episodes. The the most interesting one to me that I've seen thus far is related to the revitalization and maintenance of Russian food culture and how it's been uh, diminished over the course of years of communism and like how the food looks bland and sometimes tastes bland, but people resonate with it because it reminds them of their childhood or, or whatever the case may be, like nostalgia reasons. Uh-huh. And there's this one guy, he looks Middle Eastern, but he's Russian. And he uh, he has all these different Russian cuisine influences. And he is trying to revitalize. Did you catch it? Yeah. <laughs> Damn, that was good. <laughs> Daniel just caught a, a fly out of midair for those of y'all that I've seen uh, karate kid. are not here in person. Very good, Daniel-san. Uh, you got you right away on that. Yeah. Daniel-san, that's what they would call me like after karate kid came out. Um, and I could crank kick. At that time. Did you do martial arts? I had uh, one Taekwondo lesson once. And, uh, How'd that go? I did like about a month or two of jujitsu, jitsu uh, which was awesome, by the way. Uh, one time I did like a couple of months of that. and uh, But the Taekwondo lesson was great. I learned, a, you know, a particular, one single kick <clears throat> in that one lesson. We did, we learned it. Why'd you only go one time? I don't know. You know, I was in college and it seemed fun and you want to sign up and go do it. And it's in an old warehouse or gym or something. And the guy's really good. <clears throat> but, uh, you know, how college kids are. I, I just didn't get back around there. I'm interested in getting y'all's opinion on R.L. Burnside. Are y'all familiar with R.L. Burnside? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I I had the pleasure of shaking his hand once. Is that right? That's right. What... Uh... What influence did he have on, has he had and continue to have on you and your musical creation? Oh, well, just his his success as, a, as an artist as far as his his content, you know. Like, he got getting his music out there, but the vibe, it, it's, just, it's almost 
Really I'm not hugely influenced by a lot of blues musicians, like so. I wouldn't name as him as one of my top influences or anything, but I absolutely am influenced by the the attitudes behind his music. I mean, I love love the blues. I love uh, the rhythms. I love the don't give a care sentiment in a lot of the songs and uh, and <clears throat> the it don't matter anyway because ain't nothing we can do about it. But we're gonna have fun part of the songs. You know, I, I resonate with all of that stuff. So. If there were one answer to how did it, how would it influence my work, it's the fearlessness of of it, the freedom of creating that kind of work. I appreciate and respect that, and I like to bring that sentiment into my work. Is the watch this, y'all? You know. Yeah, he uh, he has a different vibe. You uh, you alluded to it. Uh, what do you think about him, Alan? That was a. There was a great documentary. It's on YouTube. You can watch it for free. I was trying to look the name of it up, but I failed to. Uh, where they spent quite a bit of time talking about Oriole. And the thing that I think I really appreciated about him the most as an artist is he didn't play in tune. He played his tune. And when you first listen to him, I remember the first time I ever heard an Oriole song, I hated it. I was like, he don't even know how to tune his guitar. And then you see that documentary and you see him playing and he's playing with a spoon sometimes or whatever. And it's, Jesus. Yeah, it's uh. I was like, I, I get it now. I, I, I get it now, you know? First words I ever heard him say. And it's one of the were, most authentic, well, original well, well. thing. Yes, absolutely. What was that, Daniel? So the first words I ever heard him say were, well, well, well. And uh, the band kicked off with him. Kicked off. I was at Junior Kimbrough's bar. I just met Junior. And uh, Aaron, where where is that located? It's it was somewhere outside Oxford. It burnt down. But uh, Eric Deaton had taken me out there, and uh, we had a great night. I got to meet all those guys and enjoy the show. So, Mike, you like RL? I do. I, I have a question for you. Another question for you, Mr. Mr. Daniel Shaw. <laughs> what have, do they still do the North Mississippi Hill Country Picnic? They do. I really? believe that it's coming up, or they just had it. One of the two. Like we're right on top of it right now. I feel like I. When is it? When is it? I don't. I. I haven't been in probably. I think I looked at it and I had some sort of conflict with a show that I'm doing or something for that. You know, we've the got, last time I went to a doc. Me and Doc Joe. Doc Joe was there. And slept in a tent by outside. Um, Did y'all take any nabs? <laughs> yes, we were packed full of nabs and got raisin coats. Did y'all talk Minnesota Vikings football? Uh, we did, definitely did, definitely did. Do you think Doc Joe? Have you informed Doc Joe of your uh, switch? Uh, no, why? I haven't. But if yeah, that's a conversation you need to have immediately. I need ASAP. to have. You need to, when we get done doing this, you need to call Doc Joe and tell him well, that you are not on the purple people eating motherfucking machine anymore. Well, I think um, Doc, well, Doc Joe, hopefully he's listening to this and he knows now, but I'm sorry, Doc, that I get to inform you in person. But And you also need to, it. You, also, you also need to prepare a handwritten letter notifying and informing uh, Warren Moon, Dante Culpepper, Fran Tarkenton, Randy Moss, and Chris Carter. You need to let them know that you have jumped off of their bandwagon and you will no longer hold allegiance to them. I got it. I, it's, to what them. are the dates? It's uh, June 28th and 29th 
2019. <laughs> sorry. I'm so, sorry. I'm like, I think I have it in the middle of the week, but I'm like, I like that better because it did conflict. April and then I get to the last part. I'm like, uh, yeah, we, we're going to have it in 20, this year. We're going to have it in 2019. Hey, I'd go back. I'd go back. Come on. Let's go back to 2019. All of us. I'm going to this. Who, who wants to go? I'm going so, to this on the that's 20th. Another, that's another thing. Yeah, another thing. Yeah, another thing. Another week for y'all, but I'm going to be north. <laughs> I'm going to be playing R.L. Burnside out at my on my record player both those days at my farm, and you're all invited to my to my picnic. Daniel, have you ever heard of the uh, the foot washing? Uh, yeah. What foot washing are you familiar with? From the Bible. Okay, this is a basically a festival or fair in Uniontown, Alabama put on by the black community in that area. And it's basically the way I understand it. I've never been seen videos and I've heard <coughs> stories. It's basically the Neshoba County fair. Oh, interesting. Week long. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure if they have rides, but they have music scene, uh, members from the black community and, uh, food. It's a week long deal. Basically the black, the black Neshoba County fair. Is the way I interpret it. Yes, I just wish that everybody would, or everybody had the opportunity or could see the fair for what I see the fair as at this point in my life. You well, know what I mean? Well, Studi Stu, Studi Stu, he he made it clear that his his impression or his opinion of the fair <laughs> was not uh, accurate on the on the episode we did earlier today. Yes, I, I concur. He said after he went that the impression that he had of it was not true. What he had been told was largely not true. Yes, and what I wanted to add to that was that a lot. I think a lot of that percentage, or some of that percentage, we never nobody talks about, is based upon the mindset going in. So if I go into a situation with the mindset of "oh, this shit's going to suck," well, I just can't do that. So I just pet myself up. I guess I lie tell myself lies. I'm like, it's going to be fun, or try to. I try to make the best out of with the hand I'm dealt at that time. So Stu thought it was overhyped. No, he thought. He, <laughs> he thought I, I under, I, you know, he I, thought it was less racist than he had been told. It is. <laughs> oh, yeah, there is that. Yeah, and which I mean, I had always assumed that. Not to say that his he's one guy, one opinion. Not to say that he speaks for everybody, but. I always had the same idea in my head was like, because I know what the the projection is to the outside world. I know what the reputation is, but I didn't ever think that it was that. I didn't ever think that that representation as being a white supremacist event was accurate 100%. Like, I thought it was way less. I think that's a bit extreme. That's that's describing it. I would say that. Yeah, I don't have any vibes that feel that direction. I'm just there for a good time. I don't feel like I, I didn't up. feel like I was at a clan rally. Right, and but but a lot of people from other parts of the country believe that believe it to be that because of the way it is often portrayed by the national media. Oh, I remember the national media when it they found out that Neshoba County was going to have the fair. I mean, that was an, that was a national news story, talking shit. You know, they they shouldn't be doing this. It's going to be a super spreader. Da 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 da. It's like. Dude, we over it. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a uh, No, y'all talk about anything, won't you? Oh yeah. 
And they, let me, I want to point out, there are two podcasters here today. There's like, this is all backed up. Like one guy deletes it, it's all going to come back. So it, I looked down at like the, I guess the hour and a half mark. Yeah. And it said, uh, it had stopped recording. Oh, so we're only got the one tape left. I don't, I don't, yeah, that's the, that's okay. the tape. I, I like lost that. my tape. Do y'all want to wrap this thing up? We're two hours in. I don't care. I'm not trying to run anybody off. Um, is there anything I love else? the fair. Everybody loves the fair. Yeah, yeah, I, I, absolutely. I, if, everybody that I've ever talked to that has experienced the fair <coughs> in person has had a good time. They went into it with an open mind. They had a good damn good time. Obviously, you are never going to be able to eliminate people from have, having bad experiences anywhere. I don't care where you are on earth. Like, there are going to be people who have bad experiences and they associate. Yeah, I mean, not at the fair, you're not. <laughs> it's not allowed. That's no, bad juju. I'm pretty sure there's a rule against <laughs> bad experiences at the fair. Can't go for that. You will be removed. <laughs> Your bracelet will be taken. Yeah. Adios, senor. And if you got a day band, you better go. If you're walking around after midnight, you have to go. You get, you're 86. You better get to the cabin you're staying at after everything closes down and not be roaming around if you got your day band on because you will gonna you're gonna pay again. And you should. You're not smart enough to go ahead and go somewhere. Well, you better steal somebody's uh, season or week pass. Daniel, do you have anything else on the list? No, I wanted to just talk some about the fair. Well, what are the, what are the, give us, give us the oh, story. We yeah, we didn't even talk about what we're going to do tonight, did we? Let's, let's, I want to stay on the fair. Uh, sure. Are you familiar with the history of it and its origins and how it has developed throughout the years? Somewhat. I mean, probably not any more than any average Neshoba Countyian, but yeah, I, I've witnessed it for many decades myself. And then I heard the stories before that and I've read, you know, you know, the book. Are you a connoisseur? I'm a connoisseur of the fair. In the flesh. <laughs> well, bless you. So how did it bless start? The origins. Uh, well, as a connoisseur, I mean, that means that I I really, uh, you know. Enjoy it like enjoy, a cigar. Enjoy, yes, I enjoy it <laughs> like a connoisseur. I don't work hard at learning exactly. I can tell you, my granddaddy went there in a wagon. And uh, that's, you know. When there were just there was just Founders Square, I think were the only cabins there, and you know, ours were they turning up? Yeah. Well, yes. As a matter of fact, they were turning up with those out of those wagons. I mean, and, and <laughs> just and, they were. and yeah. just a little bit more about like my first yeah, that, time. That, but man, when I heard the stories about them turning up, you know, out of wagon, <laughs> my gra- my grandmother being a. You know, mad at my grandfather because it's like the only time that he turned up was the fair. It was all serious. Crops and church the whole rest of the year. You know? He was kicked back. Yeah. <laughs> right. Been waiting on this all year, boys. Yeah. <laughs> it's my week. Yeah. Because everything that I've read uh, doesn't point to that. Uh, it's, it's more of a farmer's market. It's a... Uh, it's projected as being a more having more formal origins as opposed to where I feel like we are now, where it's a damn good time. Have we party. Been, have you ever been to a bluegrass festival? Nope. All right. There's a lot of history in the show. Have you ever been to a blues festival? Nope. Man. Well, the, here the connection. I've been to a bluegrass festival, mm-hmm. and I imagine in my mind that the old timey fair with wagons 
was a lot like a bluegrass festival. And what I mean by that is oh. you got lots of bluegrass gospel. You got lots of bluegrass. You got lots of you lots people of that work the land and overalls. And in that in that area, you know, and it's salt of the earth people and it's real country people. And a lot of them are real, you know, uh, serious about their faith and other kind of things. However, they're also turning up. You <laughs> <laughs> can't turn down. You can't turn them down now. You break the knob off. Not very different from what we have today. No, no. No, you think that's where the exhibit hall originated? I mean, the origin of it as well. Them coming to town and turning up and trying to show off. I, I, I don't. I'm not. When I say turning up, I'm, I'm not. I don't mean that they were doing anything that anybody else might not have been doing. Though. <laughs> Back in that day. I ain't going to sit there and do nothing, though. <laughs> yeah, just but there for a good time. It's the fair. And uh, <laughs> who knows what that would have looked like in, you know, at the turn of that, the past century. Who knows? What was it, late, late 1800s? Well, let's see. Now, this would have been. Actually, I think I was going to No. This would have been inside of the early 1900s. But the fair started but before they had before anybody had cars. The fair started in the late eighteen hundreds, didn't it? Eighteen eighty eight. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, sounds about right. Ooh, that's a long ass time ago. Yes and no. It's all relative. Yes, depends on what you're talking about. But I mean, for a human, two in the grand scheme of things, two hundred years ain't ain't very long. But the way we perceive time based off of our average lifespan, it's a long-ass time. In the last three three lifetimes, roughly. Mm, yeah. So, I mean, it's close, but at the same time, it's it can be uh, it can seem distant as well. Same but different. That's right. <laughs> that's right. So, this evening, uh, well, I mean, after sunset, okay. we're going to go out to my fair cabin, and we're going to play a few songs out there and record them and just – record a little bit of that so all of you listeners that <laughs> that have stuck around for two hours and 30 ish minutes uh and it's funny i'm thinking like i don't know i don't know if anybody's gonna hold on that long so i don't know if anybody you'd be surprised oh, you'd be, somebody out there's loving they're this. gonna hold on that yeah, long you'd be surprised or if you've held on that long hold on a little longer you know because uh, we're going out to my cabin tonight record a few more songs and get a little more just a little more stuff for this show and we're going to tag it back into this interview. So we've talked about the fair a whole bunch, and now we're literally going to my fair cabin, recording some music, and, and sticking around a little bit. And we're going to let you hear that uh, and what it might sound like from a porch. And there'll be a few more musicians out there playing tonight, including Alan. And uh, uh, Ben Hardy says he's coming tonight. We'll it's see. a party, Ben Hardy. <laughs> it's a party, Ben Hardy. Hey, hey, hey. What up, Ben Hardy? So are you coming with the funk tonight? That was David was more of the funk. I'm more of the folk. No, no. But are you are you coming for the? How are you coming tonight? I'm uh dressed. Are you, <laughs> live, live on right. yeah. Well, yeah. No, we may most likely set a small PA up with just a little volume. I don't want a big deal, but uh, depending on if uh, Philip gets there with his electric guitar, and we'll just need to get the vocals over that a little bit. So what? It's it, it, this is not a show. We're just going to record a few songs, and uh, within that moment, everybody that's around can listen and 
take part in it by clapping and maybe get on the record. And uh, that's the complexity of it. And we're there after that. We're going to shut it, shut that part down, put the equipment up, and we're just going to stick around on the front porch. And as the song said, uh, linger around the cabin's door. Fiddle. Just a little piddling. Just fiddle around. Fiddle around. Yeah, I didn't cook. I haven't got any plates. I probably should have got a tray or something. But I haven't uh, done anything about food for anybody tonight. So uh, all y'all that are coming that are hearing this, you know, Frank, you should have got us some simmer downs. You know, you know what, Daniel? Um, when you were singing, as if this is going to be released before that, <laughs> well, they couldn't because they're going to be on it, right? <laughs> when you were singing, Uncle Larry, and I was really uh, zoned you in missed it. on the on the lyrics. No, I didn't. I got it. Um, no, no, no. Let's talk to the audience. It's like you ain't gonna be here tonight because it's already gone. Yeah, yeah, kind of yeah. Thing. Unless we get a time machine. I I got a song about a time machine. Uh, Uncle Larry, when you were singing that, I asked you what kind of music or what genre or category that you would classify yourself as in a previous conversation we had, and you said that it would you would label yourself if you had to as more Americana. And I said something to the effect of, so you referring to Robert L. King, Jerry Jeff Walker, and you said, yes, Robert L. King, exactly. I, I saw that in Uncle Larry. All right. Well, thank you. That's a great compliment. Uh, I've seen, I saw Robert L. King last year. I was like five feet away. Oh, it was one of the best concerts. I saw uh, Lucas Nelson a few weeks ago. I was right up there. If you ever get a chance to see Lucas Nelson, Promise of the Real, go to the show. I, I ain't got to see it, but I've heard it. And, yeah. I mean, he rocked. He, oh, you he, should go to rock that show. Shit, dude. It'd go be to an honor to watch them. But, yeah, so I'm, I'm right in that Americana zone, but who knows? Who knows really what it is? Do y'all know who Leon Bridges is? Oh, yeah. That's right. The little R&B. Well, <laughs> so? Man. I fucks with Leon Bridges hard. You seen him live? No. Change your life, I heard. He must because <laughs> I was I was looking at uh Hey my, my boy does have a man crush, y'all leave him alone. I was looking at his tour dates and his tour locations. He was just at the hangout down in But bruh, he's got like a two month long European tour and then he comes to the United States, does all the biggest venues, and then goes oh. back and closes out in Australia. Talk about making that motherfucking paper something. <laughs> and having a great time. I guarantee you he's having a damn oh, good time. I was, but I was looking like, at the dates and the and the locations and like thinking about how rigorous that travel is. And then to go perform at a high level night in and night out after traveling and all the bullshit that comes with that, that takes a lot of fucking work. And the traveling will wear you out thing is cliche and they say it, but it's, it's true. Like, Either way, you're flying, riding the car. I don't care what is something about traveling or going, moving distance just makes you like wore out for some reason. Even if even though you haven't technically done shit, past experience, just from playing out, whether it be just a little bit of a tour or a little run. If I could have it my way, I like a day in between shows, especially if it's like a late night show. And if I had to fly somewhere to play, I hope I'm not playing that night when we land. I hope I have like a just a little bit of time to rest. If I were an artist and I was touring, I would enjoy going to the different places and seeing the different cultures and the different mm-hmm. people and seeing different people from different cultures resonate with what I make. 
But there's also part of me that would enjoy having like a fucking residency where I could just go to the same stage every night, have different people come in and be in more of a, a Las Vegas type role. Well, I mean, that's how like local musicians like in Birmingham, there's not that's unusual. True, that's true. There's two or three bars that yeah. offer residencies. And I mean, they might catch a couple extra gigs on the weekend and they've, you know, they've made it, so to speak. You're playing music to provide for your family or whatever that looks like for you. That's a uh, a beautiful thing when a person is able to <laughs> converge financial stability with uh, doing the quote unquote job. I mean, could you imagine doing this for a living? I'd love it. Wouldn't that be something? I'd be something. I mean, right now you're just putting in the work. It's a little bit at a time. It is a little bit of consistency, mm-hmm. but stacking those days on top of one another mm-hmm. over a long period of time. And it, I mean, it's it's cliche for a reason. Nothing worth having happens overnight. That's right. I appreciate y'all stopping by, and this won't be the this won't be the last time. Daniel, what else we got? June twenty fourth, twenty twenty two, North Mississippi Hill Country Picnic, y'all. What you talking about? That's the weekend, uh, June twenty fourth. Yeah, I don't know. I think I might have a wedding that weekend. I got like three weddings in June. Oh. You got one on the eighteenth. I do have one on the eighteenth for sure. Yeah. And then I've got one on the 4th. 18th is Hadley. The 4th or the 3rd is Rebecca. And then I can't remember if there's a third one on that following weekend or not. Nonetheless, it's been a pleasure and a great time. Good times. Thanks for having me. Um, Like I said, won't be the last time. Mike, keep it real. Michael Sam, uh, you get... There are some evangelical Christians within the county line congregation. Uh, and I appreciate all of you, and I pray for you. God bless you. And it's been an honor, and it was good to have me. Bye. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.